Wolves hunting packs. Hey everyone, it's uh, episode 71 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me, as always, is Ginny Wu. Hey, hey, hi. And Andrew Brown. Hello. Uh, and this week we're going to talk a bit about the recent Persona 5 kind of announcement that uh, came earlier this week. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty in regards to Dragon's Dogma. So let's get on with the latest Switch news. Okay, so uh, Atlas have been teasing uh, something Persona 5 related for quite a while, two projects, uh, one which turned out to be the Persona 5 The Royal, which was an, an expanded edition of the original game. Uh, there was also Persona 5 S, which everyone had decided was definitely a Switch port of the, the JRPG. Uh, and while Persona 5 is coming to Switch, it's not as everyone had hoped, it's actually going to be a Muso, or that's how it looks anyway, uh, called Persona 5 Scramble. Personally, I'm a little disappointed. I was looking forward to replaying Persona 5 on, on Switch. Uh, but, you know, I I love Hyrule Warriors as a Zelda-themed Musou, so I'm sure this is one that I can actually get behind. Uh, what were your feelings on this one, guys? I love the Persona property. Um, like, the Shin Megami Tensei property is just, like, my jam. So I would literally play anything. Like, they would, they could be like, hey, here's another terrible Shin Megami Tensei mobile game. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to download that right now. <laughs> And play the crap out of it. So um, I am fine with it being a Muso. I just really hope that if it is a if it is a Muso, that they have a really really comprehensive adventure mode. I mean, they have no reason not to, because of just so so. I guess because of just how much material the series actually has to go on narratively, and also to throw your characters together. I don't know why you wouldn't want to have an adventure mode that's as comprehensive as Hyrule Warriors, or perhaps more comprehensive. But I think that will be the clincher for me. Like if it doesn't have that Hyrule Warriors standard or doesn't try and scratch that same particular itch that I I think that will vastly dictate um, whether or not my opinion is a positive or a negative one on the property. As everybody knows, I'm a huge Hyrule Warriors fan. And then I played Fire Emblem Warriors back in the first year of the Switch and I was overall disappointed. Although that was hardly a an outlier opinion because I think a lot of people were disappointed with Fire Emblem Warriors. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think my main problem with it was I didn't know what things it was referencing because I I've, haven't played any of those Fire Emblem games that have been coming out since mm. the series really became popular. The only one I played was Path of Radiance on GameCube. And mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, a game which has been completely forgotten, basically. Uh, but I, that's that's my hesitation on Persona 5S and also Dynasty Warriors 8. Yeah. And... The One Piece Musou that's out on Switch too. You, you know, I I have all these games wish listed, but I don't. I'm hesitant to play them because I am not a fan of what they're adapting. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe I could be. I, I'm not a fan because I haven't played them, but you know, I'm just hesitant. And also, you know, Hyrule Warriors. I've put 130 hours into it. I still haven't finished half of everything there is to do in it. So it's not like I am short on Musou things to do in the one game I do have. And then I still have Fire Emblem Warriors, which I've actually resolved recently to revisit that one to reevaluate it, see if it's see if it's better than I remember my feelings being. But if you're a Musou fan, you already know you are. And if you're a Persona 5 fan, I'm sure you'd get a kick out of this much in the same way that me, a Zelda super fan, loves Hyrule Warriors. So there's little to be disappointed about in this announcement because I, mm. I still think there's an outside chance that the royal could be 
announced for Switch as well come E3. You know, that could still happen. Yeah, I think it will happen. There's too much Persona 5 stuff happening on Switch now for it not to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get this day one because my experience with Fire Emblem Warriors and I have no experience with Persona 5. But it's still going to be a perfectly fine Musou game, I'm sure, and we'll totally tap into the kind of fan service that people are looking for are trying to find there yeah that, that's it for me like i'm not a massive muso fan at all I'd, I'd never touch dynasty warriors or anything like that um and it re- it needs the property of something that i am interested in such as fire emblem or or zelda and where i get my kick out of these games is seeing how they they take things from those existing franchises and put them into the muso format so with the Fire Emblem Warriors, you know, that how they incorporated the weapon wheel and how the, the tactic screen works mm-hmm. was very much like what I've played of, of Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. And Zelda, they put the the boss battle sort of things in, you know, in the midst of a, a fight. So, yeah, that, w- that would be where I get it. And, like, there's a lot to work with in the Persona 5 world or just the Persona franchise altogether, really. Like... Will the main characters only be able to use the the main personas? Will they be able to call on like the hundreds that you can you can use? Will you be able to create personas like you can in the the main game? And will that like change the way your character plays? Like there's there's heaps of burning questions there, and I'm definitely excited to find out. Okay, so uh, let's talk about what we played this week, which is just the one game, Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> So I don't know about you guys, but I I now know full well that wolves hunt in packs because <laughs> it's all I've heard. Love me some of that dialogue. Yeah, I was gonna say like that. This game really knows how to drive a point home. You know, <laughs> the dragon dog can do anything. It's drive a point home. But they're all weak to fire as well. Yeah, surprisingly. You can turn the pawn chatter off in the options menu. <laughs> I don't want to. I just, but I kind of love it. It's uh, so awkward. It, it thematically fits. I'm, I'm sure it's completely by accident, but uh, the pawns obviously are not real humans with wills of their own, so it just, it just makes me laugh every time. Um, it's just really annoying when you get stuck somewhere where you're, everything else is higher leveled, mm-hmm. higher level than you are, and you're just like, okay, three steps forward. Wolves hunting packs, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Jokes aside, let's start at the beginning then. So Dragon's Dogma uh, was a like last-gen game on 360 PS3, a Capcom attempt at high fantasy uh, at the time i skipped it because uh, i just sort of come off the back of skyrim and there was another fantasy game which the name escapes me at the moment and i was just sick to the back teeth of dragon themed games and i stopped it out my wife ended up playing it instead i uh, loved it um and i've always sort of regretted not playing it at the time i i bought it on ps4 on a, on a sale never played it and then the switch version what gets me to play games the switch so i think in a previous episode i, I mentioned on a, a podcast i heard someone describe it as dark souls meets shadow of the colossus and while i can kind of see where they're going at with the shadow of the colossus no. element i do not Stop. see the dark Souls stuff <laughs> no more <laughs> it's uh as, as andrew said much more in the realms of skyrim it is uh, surprisingly good looking on the Switch, I thought. Uh, certainly more impressive than I thought. Texture's decent. Uh, the lighting, like I keep coming up to areas and stopping and just to just to soak it in. And the first point where I actually walked out of that starting area, I was like, you know what? There are current gen PS4 and Xbox One games 
that are similar to this that could probably run on the Switch at a lower res. It sort of bolsters my um, opinion that these sort of big sprawling games can run on the system, which um, this thing shouldn't surprise me anymore because, you know, the Switch launched with Breath of the Wild, a huge open world sprawling <laughs> RPG. Mm. It had Skyrim, a big sprawling world RPG. Like I, I think I think I mentioned on Twitter to to Andrew. I think the can this run on Switch Brigade have just worn me down <laughs> to the point where it's become a surprise when these sorts of games run pretty well. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about its uh, general design, uh, Andrew. We've we've got here that you were you're a bit disappointed with the generic high fantasy. Yeah, the graphics are good, like you said. The textures are good. The lighting is fantastic. Like when you're walking around in the daytime, the sun comes down through the trees and you can actually see like the leaves the shadow of the leaves on the ground waving around and it's got a day and a night cycle and nighttime it gets really dark because this world does not have a moon so you have to use your lantern to see pretty much anything and that's when the lighting really stands out this game has fantastic lighting but just the way the the art design that's been put into it and the colors they've chosen to use, and then just the quality of the animation for characters, it really lets down those strong aspects of the game. Uh, There's a word I use a lot, and I'm going to use it again here, is this game does not have a personality. This looks like any high fantasy thing you can imagine. It's really generic, and I'm kind of disappointed by that. I think I'm I'm fine with it, but it's kind of it's come out at a time where like this is the kind of game i wanted to play yeah. so i think it just sort of fell fell in a good good position you know game of thrones is back i'm i'm sort of high on this like medieval fantasy ride that i'm on at the moment and uh it was just exactly what i needed at, at the right time mm, interesting yeah but i just think about like skyrim which has that really iconic character visual of mm. the dragonborn wearing like like the broken the broken horn on his helmet and wearing the the barbarian armor this game does not have that i cannot even having have played it all this week cannot pull out of out of this game a distinctive image like that this game just does not have it and um, one of one area where it does excel though is the monsters so far oh they so, all look really uh, cool yeah yeah, especially the big ones. I've encountered, you know, like a bunch of cyclopses. Damn it, what's the big lion one called again? Chimera. Chimera. Yeah, the Chimera. Uh, and also a Chimera I've stumbled upon by accident in my... <laughs> Just for uh, fun. <laughs> ...random wonders and... Um, bit of advice in the early game do not just go for a wander <laughs> yeah don't just kind of just kind of hang out don't do it at night especially and don't be like me and don't and forget that lanterns are a thing because my god like you do not want to make that mistake um and what's what's really cool with the the big monsters is as and this is where the the big shadow of the colossus comparison came originally is because you can actually climb them and and hang on to them and target weak points so i was a couple of uh Cyclops is in during a main mission and I realised I could sort of target its leg and if it keeps stabbing it there it would start to stagger. Uh, I could target its weapon hand if I was lucky enough to be able to time the jump right and <laughs> drop his club. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of neat like weaknesses to play with there and I, I really enjoyed that aspect but it's, it's definitely not <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. That also sort of brings us on to the, the general combat 
uh, which um, surprised me because it, it feels really good and meaty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and the, the the hits have like this really lovely audiovisual feedback where it just feels satisfying when when you get a hit on an enemy. Mm. And part of the big combat system is this uh, is the pawns. So basically, these are as we hinted at at the beginning. These are in-game characters that uh, they're not really human. They don't know how they came to be. Uh, they don't have a will of their own, but they will follow your your main character because chosen one, that sort of thing. And basically, you create your own pawn right off the bat, uh, and they they travel with you at all times. Uh, and then you can also hire pawns created by other players or or by the development team if if you're offline. Um, and this is a a really cool system that allows you to really change up your party's combat style tailor it to the sorts of things you're going to be going up against they there's a bunch of classes they help you in different ways so if you've got a mage on your team they can either you know directly attack the enemy or they can buff you or imbue your weapons with with certain abilities so in the early game we alluded to earlier everything's weak to fire um and it really helps to have a mage on there who can imbue your sword with fire if that's if that's the class you've gone with i've we've talked about it many times i always go with like the the boring the most boring class and i've gone with the fighter mm. yeah i'm having a lot of fun switching switching that up uh I've I've got reports on social media that my pawn's been helping <laughs> some of my friends and followers, uh, and what they learn with other players, they bring back and they will share share their knowledge of areas or how to beat enemies. Or it, it's a really cool system. I found are you, are you enjoying that aspect? Yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, I was kind of originally a bit disappointed because I think like Andrew, I hadn't actually played the original. Well, I don't know if he had. Um, he had. I hadn't played the original Dragon's Dogma because I was probably like a fetus <laughs> when it was like a thing. Um, and so I hadn't played it. And so judging from just what I read, I suppose I was expecting more of a narrative bent. So when the pawns were literally just cardboard cutouts of whatever i found that a bit disappointing so i didn't really engage wholeheartedly with the system but i found it really fun to have them around and like what they yell now is just so nonsensical and humorous to me that i'm enjoying it um but i i do think that it's good that people that people can play this game offline and always be connected like that was my one worry when i saw like oh online status and i'm just like well i'd be missing out if i don't connect to to anything really because sometimes they like playing on the bus that place you commute you don't really have access to wi-fi or whatever but i found i've played mostly offline and been completely fine with the system and how the performance work and not felt disadvantaged by using what they'd preloaded and not one of my mates more op ones so i am i think it's been balanced well as a feature um, from that perspective mechanically i think it works really well um the cost of hiring friends pawns or pawns that are at the same level or lower is free um, but a really neat factor of this is if you're struggling you can actually and you've got the coin you can actually spend it mm. and get some overpowered pawns to help you out mm. sorry andrew we're, uh how are you finding that system uh, just to clarify uh I, I actually did play this on xbox 360 but i didn't didn't get very far on it because i mm. kept changing my mind about what class i wanted to play as and <laughs> after about three or four times starting my save file over i just quit playing but uh <laughs> that was years ago now 
but the pawn system, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that's been said so far. Uh, it, it's really cool how you can... You, you don't even have to do anything. The game does it for you. You create your pawn, and other people will be able to recruit that pawn. And when you jump back into the game, your pawn might show up and say, Hey, I, I was playing with this other person. Uh, they sent this gift for you, and they, they have these compliments to say about my performance. <laughs> and then when you're out adventuring, your pawn might be like, oh, I, I was actually, I, I did this quest with another person. Here's what you have to do. It's not that literal. They don't tell you, like, they don't hold your hand through the whole thing. But they, they might have some advice for you that will help you figure out what you need to do next. Like, the, the first time you get to Grancis, which is the the main capital in, in town, or the, the main capital in the game, one of the pawns I had with me said, uh, I've been on this quest before. There's this woman named Sarah. If you speak with her, she'll be able to send you in the right direction. It's like, great. Okay, now I have a better idea of what I need to be doing and finding a person to talk to in this town filled with literally hundreds of NPCs. So that, that's a pretty cool system. I really admired it. Um, it's all part of this uh, surprising thing that seemed to happen in that gen where there was like uh, interesting online connectivity that like in a in a big single player rpg uh similar with like dark souls and the the messaging system but didn't always encroach in a way that felt like you were playing a multiplayer game uh which i i kind of appreciate as uh, someone who doesn't really dig direct multiplayer in that way mm. and yeah it adds a, a heap of flexibility uh, then the pawns, as you're wandering around, as, as as Andrew said, they'll they'll come up with advice, but they also they also say some like really hilarious things just off the cuff. Uh, and I'm gonna make the weirdest comparison. So like, oh god, I I find just sort of one I find wandering the field to remind me a lot of Final Fantasy 15, where the car breaks down and you go off into the green green areas to do some missions mm. and. Like the way the enemies spawn and how that fight evolves, or it might uh, escalate by bumping into more enemies. Found myself getting those similar vibes, which is a huge plus point for me because I love I love that aspect in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, it just feels like this really like organic encounter system uh, where you'll be walking along and and something will spawn in. It's it's not something that's placed there. They won't always spawn there. It just helps it feel like, like really fluid and natural. So uh, the on the dialogue, uh, everyone in the game talks with uh, ye old, ye old English. Ye old yeah, English. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, it it sort of it sounds like it's ye old for the sake of being ye old, but it mm. kind of fits and it's charming. And and where Andrew was saying like the the game that lacks personality in its visuals i think this is where it claws a lot of it back yeah no game sounds like this <laughs> no it sounds ridiculous and, and this is where it really sets itself apart um of course no rpg is complete without a bunch of quests um and here this is andrew's note that early on and i completely agree with this they, they feel a bit interchangeable they lack urgency uh you know in terms of the story um my my feeling was that they never seemed it was never obvious which one was the story mission and which one 
was a side mission other than the early side missions are like kill 10 of these you 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 were feeling that you were lacking a sense of purpose is that right andrew yeah which is surprising because the first thing that happens in this game is a dragon attacks your town and tears your heart out of your body and turns you into this (laughs) like immortal warrior that is the first thing that happens in the game (laughs) and then you're kicked into this fishing village and said have fun i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) so once you get to grancis then you start getting quests that feel a little more epic and feel like you're actually doing something but that fishing village it starts you off at it really disadvantages the game because it feels so small and it feels so disconnected from anything important and i compare that to like the opening of like oblivion which has that big swooping close in on the imperial city where you really see the scope of this world you're about to explore while patrick stewart is talking about his destiny and then like the opening of skyrim where you first step out of the first dungeon of the game and you're in this hill overlooking a valley and you can see this mountain ahead of you with the first tomb you're going to explore just sticking out of it. Again, like I, I keep comparing this game unfavorably to Skyrim, but it doesn't have a thing like that. And games like this need things like that. Or even like Breath of the Wild, the first time you leave the Shrine of Awakening and he runs to the edge of that vista and you see all of Hyrule before you with... Hyrule Castle in the distance with Ganon swirling around it in his cloud form. This game doesn't have that, and it needs it. Yeah, I completely agree. It does lack direction. Once I got to Grancis, or so in between the encampment and on the way to Grancis, that was when I I would really sort of started to understand what the game was about. There's also an event you have to trigger to get to Grancis, and it doesn't make that obvious. It just I just stumbled upon it because I wanted to rest my characters because I'd been wandering out in the field uh, between the, the starting f- fishing village and that, uh, you know, just getting into fight, trying to level up a bit. And uh, yeah, sort of stumbled into a really key event, which then triggered the path to Grancis. Just one last thing to mention before we, we go off uh, is that the uh, music is really good. Uh, the The general sort of exploration soundtrack is is seldom used uh much in in a similar way to breath of the wild or dark souls but then when it kicks in you feel the impact of it all the more um i really love that uh string where you sort of leave one of the cities and this beautiful vocal and and string number kicks in uh just completely puts me in the right atmosphere for playing this game um also a lot of the combat music is full of heavy metal guitar which is just tonally strange after you've played a bunch of other mm. uh, rpgs of the silk uh, but i kind of love it um i know there's a huge ongoing outcry that the original version of dragon's dogma had this amazing like dancey guitar driven j-pop number it has an absolutely absurd j-pop song yeah. that plays it is tonally bizarre look it up on youtube <laughs> and and they nixed it for the dark arisen version and i know that a lot of people are still annoyed about that <laughs> that they did that but yeah just the music generally i'm finding really pleasing and even the guitar stuff doesn't like put me at odds with the, the high fantasy which is is really cool that's pretty much it we'll we'll give you more views on this the further we get in uh I've, i think we're we're all yet to see the real meat of the game and the story 
um i've sort of just been re- meandering trying to do some side quests where i can and i've i just completed one of the the big uh story missions i think which was like just consistently enjoyable uh thanks to that combat system yeah i, I know i've sounded kind of down on the game but i really am enjoying it i just I really do want to emphasize that this game is not doing a good job of drawing me in. I, I think this is something you have to really want to invest yourself in to enjoy it. Yeah, and I don't think you've been down on it. I, I think you, you've liked a lot of the aspects uh, in this chat. Just It makes you work for it, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't explain anything really well either. Uh, anecdotally, um, like I stumbled upon the, the fast travel system, which which came at a, a really timely moment because my party were beat up with no near nowhere where I could rest to heal them, kind of out of healing potions, and I just found this item in my inventory which was uh, very useful. Uh, but yeah, so we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll update you as we get to play it more. I'm, I'm certainly keen to, to keep going back. Uh, I'm sort of juggling this with Cuphead and uh, Dead Cells, uh, bit of update on those dead cells i've i've got all the runes i'm just trying to figure out the best uh route now to to actually beat the game uh keep stumbling on a couple of uh, particular levels um but I'm, I'm sure i'll get there and cuphead i'm just sort of chipping my way out doing a couple of the the bosses a day uh Ginny, you still progressing through that yeah i am still going on cuphead um i've kind of shelved that this week to play more dragon's dogma but i am still gonna aim to finish it and i probably will by the time we talk next week um i'm doing a lot better now um recovered my hand eye coordination <laughs> so um this week i'll be cracking into dragon's dogma hopefully more of it um cuphead and i am kind of on the fence about the ff games but I'll see. Lots of my mates are picking it up, and I do want to play them again, so could do. Cool. Uh, so with that, you've kind of spoiled it already, but let's let's talk about what we're playing in the coming week. Uh, so I'm going to be continuing with Dragon's Dogma, Dead Cells, and Cuphead. I'm, I'm finding a nice balance with those. Uh, whenever I get tired of Dragon's Dogma or Cuphead, I switch to, to Dead Cells because it's just really convenient to do a quick run. Uh, Andrew, what are you playing? Uh, Final Fantasy Twelve, The Last Good Final Fantasy, is coming mm. out, and I'll be checking that out. I'll be revisiting it. Hard disagree. Uh, Ginny, what are you playing? Although we've heard some of it. Uh, so yeah, like I said, going to try and finish off Cuphead um, and Crack Into Dragon's Dogma through more of it, um, and maybe get to one of the Final Fantasy games, because I do want to replay them. Um, I just got to find the time. <laughs> that's That's the eternal struggle. That's the real video game. Mm-hmm that you play as a Switch owner is how do I find all the time. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are down there in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can buy us a coffee. Details are on our website. Thanks in advance. If you want to follow us individually, Andy is at Flame Roast Toast, Ginny is at Ginny Woes, and I am at Play Critically. Dragon's Dogma.
Wolves hunting packs. 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 It's yeah. Let me make noises. Blah, blah, blah. Wolves hunting packs.